Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below average podcasts are chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget Bay. My guest today is Tim Buckley, who played football at North Carolina State University from 2012 to 2014 after transferring from Penn State in 2011. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, Bridget. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Tim, this is interesting. You were actually born in Seattle, Washington, but I know you grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina. So at what point did you move to North Carolina? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was born in, in Seattle and I moved to North Carolina when I was seven years old. Um, so 99, we moved to North Carolina. Okay. All right. So you're pretty young. You probably don't have that many memories of Seattle. No, I mean, I definitely uh, consider, consider Raleigh home when people ask where I'm from, but uh, I, you know, I certainly do have some, some memories of, of growing up in, in Seattle for, for sure. Was it raining? I heard it rains all the time there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it rains. It rains all the time. Um, but when, when you live there or when you, when you grow up there, it's, it's kind of normal because you, you, know, you never know anything else. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it does rain all the time. <laughs> and now Raleigh is where North Carolina State University is actually located. So growing up, were you a Wolfpack fan? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, not really. Um, but I do remember probably the first year that we lived in Raleigh, my, my dad took me to an, an NC State football game. Um, I think that was when they had, you know, Philip Rivers. Um, so they had, they, had a, they had a pretty good, good pool of talent when I was young. And, and definitely, I think it was, you know, growing up in Raleigh, I think NC State was definitely like the football program mm-hmm. from, from the, you know, UNC, Duke. Um, so no, I was not a fan growing up, but I did, uh, I did go to a couple games. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. They were really good back then with Phillip Rivers. They were, they were, they had a really good team. Obviously he's probably one of the, you know, one of the, one of the best players that, that's ever gone through, uh, NC State for sure. Absolutely. And you mentioned Duke and North Carolina. It's a really great area to grow up in if you're a college sports fan because NC State, North Carolina, and Duke are all right there in that triangle. And then what, Wake Forest is about an hour and a half, two hours away from you? Yeah, that's right. Probably an hour and a half, Wake Forest. Uh, but yeah, awesome, awesome area to grow up in if you're, if you're a sports fan. I know we don't have you know, professional football team or professional basketball team, but um, you know, the, the, the college sports is definitely, I think, made up for that. Absolutely. You ever go to a basketball game at Cameron Indoor? I have. I've been to a handful of games. It's, it's oh, a I'm pretty, jealous. pretty, yeah, pretty unique experience. Uh, have you been? No, it's on my bucket list to get there, though. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool experience for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, a couple of people in my family have gone. My uncle, my cousins, my brother, my dad. Not me yet. It's my it's my turn, right? COVID needs to end yeah. so I can go. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah, no question about that. Put that on the put that on the bucket list for things to do after after this. Uh, yeah, this this weird period is is over for sure. Mm-hmm. So now, Tim, do you have any siblings? I do. I have two older sisters, and I have a younger brother. So there's four of us. Oh, nice. Okay, very cool. Now, what's the age difference between you guys? Uh, I think it's pretty much like three years between all of us. Um, yeah, two, two older sisters and then, uh, yeah, this might, yeah, middle sisters three years apart from her. And then I'm three years apart from, 
the middle sister and then my little brother's about three years apart from me. So. Okay. Nice. Very cool. Now, how did you get into football? Uh, I think, yeah, my dad was, you know, pretty into football when I was growing up, but, you know, just having it on, on the TV, um, it's probably the, the first time I ever, you know, watched it or learned about it. Um, and yeah, I started playing football, I think like real organized football, I think in third grade. Nice. Now your dad went to Penn state. Did he play football there or was he just a student? Yeah, he, he's just a student. He, uh, my dad grew up right outside of, of Philadelphia, so he ended up going, going to Penn State, and um, that's kind of how, well, I'm sure we'll get there, but that's yeah, kind of how I, I ended up at Penn State. I, I just grew up, you know, I grew up a fan of them. Um, you know, that's why I wasn't a, you know, a fan of you know, NC State or, or North Carolina <laughs> or Duke growing okay. up. It was, it was because Penn State was on the TV. Okay, that makes sense. We are. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Now, I know you played a bunch of positions in high school, but as a kid, like when you were playing in third grade, did you have a specific position you played or did you just kind of play all over? Yeah, I think my first year uh, playing football, I think I played offensive line. Um, yeah, I was, I was an offensive lineman, and it wasn't until you know, fourth grade, my second year, when we were going to, you know, uh, practices coming around, it was August, and we were running um, – you know, the coaches had us running a, you know, 40-yard dash. And um, after I ran, they were like, you're definitely going to play running back. Um, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's how it started. But it started on the O-line. <laughs> that's pretty funny, going from <laughs> offensive line to running back. You don't see that very often. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. <laughs> now, I know you also played some basketball and you ran track. Any other sports that you played when you were growing up? Um. I mean, growing up, yeah, I played, I played soccer. I played soccer up until I started playing football. Mm-hmm. Um, I played, you know, I played a little bit of lacrosse, but I never really got into it. Uh, but, yeah, it was primarily football, basketball, and I ran track for a couple of years. Okay. So now when it's time for high school, you attend Cardinal Gibbons High School, which is a private school in Raleigh, where you're a three-sport athlete, as we kind of just mentioned, football, basketball, and track. So now in track, what events did you run? So I only ran track my freshman year. So I actually went to a boarding school, my freshman year high school. Um, school's called, it's called Avon Old Farms. It's in Connecticut. And all the guys who I, you know, who I played football with were, you know, they, they ran track. It was, the, you know, it was a spring sport. So um, I ran the 100 meter and the 200 meter. Those are the, those are the two main things that I, I took place in. Okay, interesting. So now why did you go from a boarding school to Cardinal Gibbons? Yeah, um, I, I just wanted to, you know, I think my parents wanted me to go to boarding school. Cardinal Gibbons wasn't known for having great, you know, great, great sports or, you know, specifically a great, great football team. Um, and, you know, the reason I wanted to come back was, you know, both, both my sisters went to Cardinal Gibbons and also all of my friends growing up from, you know, from elementary and from middle school went to Cardinal Gibbons. It was kind of like the, the I don't know what you call it, but the school that that poached from my middle school. Um, so all my buddies were there. So after my freshman year, um, I was kind of like decided I like it's time that you know to come home and um, go to go to Cardinal Gibbons. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's really young. First off, to be at a boarding school. So what are you, fourteen, fifteen? And yeah, if all your friends are yeah. at one school, I, I would totally want to go there too. 
Yeah, yeah, no, no kidding. Um, it was a cool experience. Yeah, I met a lot of a lot of cool people from from all over all over the U.S. But uh, at the end of the day, it was yeah, I was I was pretty young and I was just ready to uh, to come back and like live at at home, you know. Yeah. Plus, those winters in Connecticut are not fun. No, they they are no joke. That was the first <laughs> time I'd ever been anywhere, you know, north of north of D.C. So it was yeah, it was it was cold for sure. <laughs> All right, so you get to Cardinal Gibbons your sophomore year where you play football and basketball. What position were you on the basketball team? Uh, I played, like, shooting guard, you know, small, small forward. Um, yeah, shooting guard, small forward. I, you know, I only played for one season, so I didn't have a – once I got to high school, you know, after my, after my football season, my sophomore year, uh, I was like, all right, you know. But basketball, I had a couple friends on the basketball team, and I gave it a shot, and then – you know, going into going into my junior year after my junior year of football season, I was just you know only wanted to to, to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I get it. Yeah, you wanted to focus on the sport you're best at. Yeah, I mean, I do think that like the the best athletes when you look at some of the, the best athletes in college and in the pros, like they do play multiple sports, and it's like coaches definitely look for that when they're when they're trying to like evaluate uh, talent. But um, you know, in hindsight maybe should have stuck with that, but um, yeah, football was definitely uh, the focus. Yeah, but you know, you say that, but then that might have not been the case for you, right? Because I'm sure in the spring and in the winter when basketball season was happening, you were focusing on football and doing, uh, you know, workouts to get better at that sport. So you don't necessarily know if that's true. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, no, that's a good point. I think, I think, no, I think you're right about that. Oh, I'm always right, Tim. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, can, we, we can certainly look at it that way. Yeah, right? <laughs> now, you have an outstanding football career at Cardinal Gibbons. You play many positions. You, you're running back on offense, and then you play safety and a little bit of linebacker on defense. So you're a two-way player. You never come off the field. <laughs> yeah, you, you did your research, didn't you? I did, yes. That's my job. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, high school – you know, the, I guess the, the most talented players, though, they obviously are going to play both ways. Um, you got to have the ball in their hand. So, yeah, I played, yeah, I played running back and, you know, receiver and uh, played safety and played linebacker. I think the linebacker thing was more so like when you're in high school, you know, a lot of, a lot of at least when I was playing, uh, a lot of teams are not really throwing the ball that much. So mm-hmm. being a linebacker, the coach is going to put you closer to, to the line of scrimmage and closer to the action. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that from watching high school football. Like, they rarely threw the ball. It was a lot of running. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You rushed for about 1,800 yards, and you scored 36 touchdowns your senior year. You were named the Carolina 3A Conference Offensive Player of the Year in 2010. So, obviously a great career for you. Yeah, um, I think it might actually be 40 touchdowns. I think they messed that up. But, okay, um, <laughs> I think 45. Um, yeah, um, yeah, no, I uh, I had a, a really good, really good senior senior year. Um, you know, my 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 junior year, I for some reason I I focused more on you know playing safety. Um, I thought that like that would be better for me in terms of getting recruited because that's ultimately what I wanted to play in college. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up, I grew up obviously, you know, 
idolizing some players, and one of them is uh, Sean Taylor, who I'm sure you're familiar with. But yeah. I always wanted to, to play safety, so I thought that if I had more safety on film, um, if, I, and if I was fresher from, you know, from like an endurance standpoint, that like that would be a, a better look. So in hindsight, I wish I would have played more offense my junior year because I think that those numbers would have been you know, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had a, I had a really, a really strong, um, senior year for sure. Absolutely. Now you mentioned wanting to play safety in college. Were you recruited primarily for defense? Yeah, primarily for defense. I think that's what, you know, that's what I, I definitely wanted to play. Um, I also thought that, you know, like you see, like, like growing up, you see there, there's a good, at least before, uh, let's see, before, you know, Christian McCaffrey, there weren't a ton of, you know, white running backs in, at, at the D1 level or at, at, the, uh, at the NFL, in the NFL. So there was a lot of guys that, you know, I saw in college that were similar to me in size and in like my, my, my physicality that um, I thought that that was kind of the, the best place that I could, I could thrive um, in college. So, yeah, primarily recruited as a safety. Um, there was uh, there was one school, uh, Central Michigan. They wanted me to uh, play receiver there, which is which is funny. That's where Antonio Brown played receiver. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, they offered they offered me to come play uh, receiver there. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. And now you made a good point with the white running backs. I really hadn't even thought of that. So when you look at Christian McCaffrey, how does he stack up with size for you? Like, are you guys about the same size? Seeing him do it, do you like look back and be like, "Oh man, I should have tried that." Uh, yeah. In terms of size, I think he's exactly the same size. You know, six feet, two oh five. How much I weighed, you know, in my playing days. Um, you know, very similar speeds and at least in, in college from you know forty times. Um, but no, I, I don't look back and, and, and regret playing safety. I, I'd rather you know be be doing the hitting than, than getting hit. And <laughs> as I'm sh- as I'm sure you know from speaking with the the people that you do, like, pra- like college practice is, is brutal. Like you really get beat up. You know they don't take care of you as if you're um, you know an asset really like they do in the NFL. So, you know, you, you would definitely get a little bit more beat up during, during the week and, and during the season playing running back. Um, but, you know, I think that another piece to that was, you know, obviously when you're getting recruited, these coaches, you know, they look at people who came before you, right? Like they're, they're they want to see similarities between you and another player that they had or another player that they know in their conference. It was, you know, a, a standout and, for them to, you know, be like, yeah, hey, here's a, here's a, you know, really good, you know, white running back. But like, where are all the other white running backs, you know, before him? Like, I just don't think there was a, a ton of that prior to, um, you know, a guy like Chris McCaffrey. Um, and now there's a kid I even saw, there's a kid that's going to Clemson who's from North Carolina. He's a, he's a running back, and um, he's a white kid. He's the number one player in the country. And wow. I just don't think you would have, I don't think you would have seen that, you know, seven years ago coming out of high school. Yeah, kind of that's made, super interesting. might have gotten overlooked, yeah. yeah. Yeah, wow. Really interesting to think about that. Yeah. Now, can you talk a little bit more about that recruiting pro- process and what ultimately led you to choose Penn State? Yeah, I mean, I, like, I always, like I said, was, like, a grown up, grown, grew up a fan of, of, of Penn State football, um, grew up a fan of Joe Paterno, you know, just 
because of my dad, obviously, and, and obviously because of the success, the success that Joe Paterno had as a coach. He's, you know, you know, an iconic, iconic figure, an iconic coach. Um, so in the back of my mind, I always kind of was like, hey, I, if I can, I want to go to Penn State. Um, I went to, after my sophomore uh, year, going the summer going into my junior year, I went to a, a camp up there, like an invite camp to Penn State, and I had a really good couple of days. Um, and I think that's obviously that is how I got on their radar. Um, so for me, it wasn't, it, it really wasn't a super hard decision when it came down to being like, okay, like where, where do I want to go? Um, I also wasn't like a, you know, four or five-star recruit where I had the option of, of, you know, Clemson or Alabama or, you know, Southern California. So I didn't have like those, you know, you know, 20 other options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Penn State is still a really good program, and at that time that you're being recruited, they were, I believe, top 25. Uh, yeah, no, certainly a, a good program. I mean, a, a great program. Uh, at the time, yeah, I, I don't know, top 25, but yeah, definitely a school that was playing in, um, in important bowl games. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though, when you think back on it. This is a team that you grew up rooting for. Not many people can look back and say, hey, I actually, you know, got to play for the team that I always rooted for. No, it was, it was, it was like a, it was a dream come true. Like, it really was. It was like accomplishing like a, you know, it was like a, a, life, a lifelong goal that I felt like I accomplished in just getting to, like, that level. Like, not even yet playing for them, like being on the team and being recruited by them. Yeah, it was something that I thought about as, you know, an eight-year-old kid. Yeah, wow. Now, you were a walk-on for them, correct? Yeah, that's right. I was a preferred walk-on um, when, I, when I ended up committing to them. So now, you get to Penn State in the summer of 2011. How was that transition, going from high school football to now Division One Big Ten college football? Um, yeah, it was, <clears throat> it, was, it was a big transition. Um, obviously, you know, the, the talent that you're playing with now, everyone on the team was like the best kid from their high school, you know? So you're just, you're just as, as talented as, as everyone else there. Um, also an age difference. I mean, there's a, there's a huge age difference in, in, you know, not, not age difference, but the difference in physicality between a, you know, 18, 19 year old kid to a, you know, 20, 20 year old, one year old man who's been in a, been in a, a weight program like Penn State for you know two three years like it's just a huge huge difference in in size and, and physicality so I think that's one reason why you see uh, you know in, in college sports you can't jump from high school to the pros and when you play football you you know you you can physically in in basketball I know you have to do one year now um, I think if they got rid of that one year there's the talent it's like if you're that good in basketball you can make that transition because there's less physicality in the game but um, you know, obviously I think that being able to make that jump in, in, in college, at college, or excuse me, high school to the, to the NFL is a smart decision. One of the smart decisions that the NCAA, uh, make not saying they make a ton of smart decisions, but that's one of them. <laughs> no, but you're right. Oh my God. Imagine going from high school straight to the NFL. Those kids would get killed. Yeah. Killed. Killed. <laughs> it wouldn't be good. No. So now. You redshirt your freshman year, as many college freshmen do. Now, was this in order to basically get stronger? You mentioned the weight program. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, it's not really, like, it's not really a choice that you have. I mean, Penn State was, was known for redshirting players, right? And it makes sense, like, exactly what you said for, for building up, you know, you know, building up your strength, right, building up your knowledge of the game. Like, it's, it's a big difference. It's a big transition. So, redshirting, though, wasn't like, hey, Tim, you can either play this year or redshirt. It was more like the guys who weren't going to play as freshmen, you redshirt, right? So, you mm-hmm. do have the option of having that. Um, that extra year. So it was, it was very normal. It was nothing like um, that I was like, had to make a, you know, a hard decision on. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, that's a good thing. Cause if you're not really going to play that year anyway, you might as well red shirt and have that fifth year if you choose to use it. Exactly. Yep. Now, can you describe a home game at Penn state? Because that place is unbelievable. Yeah. It's a, it, it, yeah, it's like 100, 110,000 people. Um, and when they when they get going, like this place is just it's it's like an experience you've never you've never you've never you've never experienced. If you go to a game there, I'm sure it's a different experience when you're watching like a whiteout as a fan. Uh, it's probably one of the I don't know top five places to watch like a a home game in in the country. And I think like a lot of you know college analysts would would tell you that that have experienced it. But yeah, being being there, I think the biggest game that that I was involved with was Alabama came to Penn State. It wasn't a night game, but it was like a, you know, 3.30 kickoff, and Alabama had just an absolutely loaded team, and the place was rocking. Nice, nice. Yeah. What was the final score of that one? I, I vaguely remember Ooh. that game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. We got beat by, you know, we got beat by maybe, you know, maybe three scores, something like that. Okay. As many points, people do maybe. versus Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were really good that year. Now, your freshman year is unexpectedly a hard one. Like, no one could have seen this coming. And for those that caught on, as we were saying, Penn State 2011, that's the year that the child sex abuse scandal broke out. And I'm sure a lot of this is difficult to talk about, Tim. So, you know, anything I ask you, if you don't want to answer it, please feel free to say so and we will move on. Yeah, no, um, it's, um, it's not, it's really not difficult I appreciate you you asking that. It's really not difficult to talk about for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was there when when everything happened. I remember. I think it came out maybe came out on a Saturday, but what happened was the news came out obviously of uh, you know, Sandusky, and when when the news broke, you know, we all as players were kind of like we had no idea what was going on because we didn't know who that was. So he mm-hmm. stopped coaching Penn State in like 1998. So, um, yeah, I had never seen him before. No one on my team had ever seen him before. We had no idea who the guy was, and we're hearing all this, um, you know, this 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 news about him. Yeah, that's how it originally broke, and like kind of the initial reactions from everyone on the team was like, "Who who is this?" Yeah, oh, that's so. Because I mean, we'll talk about it. You guys had nothing to do with Sandusky. You guys had nothing to do with this in general. But more of that later. Right. I vaguely remember Joe Paterno won like a really big game, a, you know, a number, a really yep, big number game. Sorry. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was four hundred. Wow! And then literally within a week, if I remember correctly, like this news came out. It was nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so you went from celebrating him until ultimately the demise of it, because what happens is at some point in the season. Joe Paterno is out as head coach. And that's obviously very hard to deal with as a team. Your head coach is gone. Yeah. I mean, 
if you think about it, like he, Joe Paterno is in our, I mean, you know, whoever's eyes up until any of that news comes out, I mean, he is the winningest coach in college football history, right? He's known for being a, a great man, a great leader, a great coach. Um, he's an icon. Like a lot of the, the reasons, or a big reason why a lot of the recruits will, you know, were going to Penn State was to play for Joe Paterno. Um, and so, yeah, when it all broke out, you know, I think, you know, we had, you know, there was, there was meetings and he was still like in the team meetings and he's kind of like, we can kind of tell, he's, you know, he's trying to kind of explain to us to some extent as to what's going on. And we just really, again, had no idea, you know, who, who Jerry Sandusky was or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it was crazy to see like an iconic figure, a guy who literally was like, he was Penn State not only Penn State football, but like he was Penn State. And then to see, to see him gone in like a week, like was, was, was crazy. It was, it really was crazy. A lot of us were like, is this even like, is he going to be coming back? Like no one thought he was probably like just done coaching forever. Like he was, when he left, like he was, that was it, which was crazy. I don't know if you want to ask like, my, my opinions or, or views on it, but obviously, you know, the, um, the you know, athletic administration, like they, and I think this is true today with a lot of different things, even out, you know, athletics and business, like they had to, they had to put the blame on someone. And like the quickest thing they could do was throw it all on him and mm-hmm. get, and, and get him out. And like, they probably thought like that would just absolutely rid their hands clean of, of whatever else was to come. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously that wasn't the case, but can you just talk about your personal relationship with Joe Paterno and what you thought of him? I know obviously you only had one year with him and you weren't playing, so I don't know if you guys really had much of a relationship, but but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, my personal relationship with him was probably similar to the majority of the other players. He didn't, you know, do a ton of, you know, there wasn't a ton of like, one-on-one coaching or like him getting involved in, in drills. Um, a lot of it at that time, you know, you know, this is the, the, the latter end of his coaching career. You know, he was definitely you know, older at that point, but he wasn't doing a ton of hands-on coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he would speak to the team, it would be in a, you know, in a, in a team, team meeting type setting, right? It was never really you know, individual stuff unless, you know, you, you got in trouble and, he had to call you into his office, which I never got in trouble, so I never was, was called into his office. That's um, good. Yeah, but the only times I you know, really had, like, one-on-one conversations with him was, like, you know, get, getting recruited and when I went on my official visit and, like, you know, going up to the coach's offices and, and just, like, having, you know, quick chats like that. Um, yeah, but beyond that, there, was, there wasn't a ton of, like, hands-on, you know, hands-on coaching at that point in his career. Okay. Now, it also sounds like you think Penn State did the wrong thing by letting him go. No, I don't think they did the wrong thing. I think they could have, absolutely could have handled it better. Um, I definitely think that they, and again, I said like a lot of other, a lot of other, you know, scenarios, you know, industries, companies outside of sports, like whatever it is, the quickest way to kind of like rid your hands clean of something, like, they're going to do it, right? They're not, a lot of questions might not be asked and really thinking through alternative scenarios. Like, I don't think they thought through everything, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I think like the AD, you know, AD and the president, like those guys all ended up, you know, having to 
get rid of their like their positions too. Like they're no longer at Penn State because of what happened. And for them to like make Joe Paterno like immediately point a finger like he, you know, immediately point a finger like let's get rid of him and make him look like the bad guy. And like they probably thought their jobs were were gonna be like okay. If, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, they were very wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, personally, I have I have a ton of respect for him as a as a coach and as a human being. And you know, I don't know it, what he knew. You know what I mean? Like, no one is ever going to know what he knew. But um, as a man and as a coach, I have the utmost respect for him and, and for his family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. It's obviously very complex, but you can only judge someone based on what you know of him and you knew him as a great guy. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And, you know, you mentioned the administration. Okay, we'll put this all on Joe Paterno. It'll go away. It doesn't. It's the talk of sports for that entire year. Were you guys mm-hmm. as a team able to block out that noise and focus on football at all? Uh, that's a good question. To be honest, I don't think we ever, no, we, we, we certainly never blocked out the, the noise. Um, because you know, we, the, the news, the media that was outside of our, our complex every day, um, was, was crazy. Um, I think a lot of the guys, like even at that, even at that, that age or that level, like we weren't like you know, following news outlets and like wanting to read up on what's going on. Like we weren't doing any, any of that, but it was always just like part of part of the season. You know what I mean? It was always kind of just like a shadow, if you will. Um, So I I don't think anyone like ever really wasn't to some extent, like thinking about the events that that happened with the program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with, with With our coach. Yeah. You guys go nine and four that year. And then, okay, the season's over. The focus is now on spring ball. You know the sanctions are coming at some point, but, you know, you're just doing what you can do. And you personally had a really great spring as you geared up for your first season on the field. And uh, and you were, you know, playing some safety. I believe you, at the time, were going to be the first backup to the starter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, Win- uh, you know, winter, winter workouts rolled around and, we, uh, with Penn State, hired Bill O'Brien um, to be our head coach, who was from the Patriots, who's offensive coordinator of the Patriots. And so, yeah, Bill O'Brien came in December and, uh, you know, brought in, obviously, a whole new staff and strength staff. And, um, yeah, I had a really, a really good spring, uh, spring of football. And, and I was, um, yeah, I was, I was backing up um, uh, a, a kid, a, a good buddy of mine, uh, Malcolm, who was, going to be a senior that year um so I was in a really I was in a really good position kind of going into uh going into my you know second season at Penn State yeah you had a great blue white game in 2012 so you know you're gearing up you're ready to go but then that summer the NCAA handed down the punishment to Penn State and they were hefty I mean you guys lost a lot of scholarships and you guys had no postseason for several years meaning if you guys went nine and oh you couldn't play for a national championship if you went Eight and one, you couldn't play for the Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah, they came down with the sanctions. Uh, I think it was literally like two weeks before before camp started. You know, August first. Um, yeah, yeah, the NCAA they came down and uh, 
I think that, you know, that was definitely a reason. I, I think the biggest thing here is it wasn't like, okay, these sanctions coming down and like, that's going to change my life forever. Like I'm not going to be able to play in a bowl game. Although like Penn state is known for going to the Rose bowl, you know, mm-hmm. typically the, it was before the BCS playoff, it was the best or either the, the best or second best team in the big 10 would play in the Rose bowl. So I'm sure that was something that a lot of guys were thinking about, but the reason uh, that I think a, a number of guys transferred and, and, and reason that, that I transferred one of them was because the NCAA came out and said, anyone can, can transfer from a D one to a D one and not sit out a year. And, and mm-hmm. prior to that, it was, if you transfer from D one, D one, you have to sit out a year. So a lot of colleges were looking at Penn State's depth chart and they were, they were calling kids to see if there was interest in them coming to come into play. Cause Obviously, you're, you're now, you know, you're now poaching kids from a successful program who are talented and um, can come play right away. So that was that was really interesting. I'm actually kind of surprised the coaches were allowed to do that. If you guys I know there was no transfer portal at that time, but, you know, it's not like you were saying, OK, I'm going to transfer. And then these coaches were calling you. It sounds like they were just calling people on the roster. Penn State staff must not have been happy about that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure they weren't happy about it. But yeah, I mean, they were, you know, kids who they might have been recruiting before they went to Penn State, you know, they were reaching back out to them or um, looking, at, yeah, if you needed a safety and you're looking at, at Penn, State, Penn State's depth chart and, you know, there's Tim Buckley who's, who's you know, going to be a redshirt sophomore and he can come to, you know, NC State and contribute right away. Like it was, it was really, it was really a free-for-all and it was, you know, it was allowed, like the NCAA allowed that to happen. Wow. Um, yeah, which, you know, was, was probably the right thing for the NCAA to do since you're kind of punishing kids that have no involvement in, in, in what happened. So, yeah, I think it was a good move, obviously, by the NCAA, but, um, so. Yeah, no, I mean, that was a good thing of the NCAA to do, letting you guys transfer and not have to miss a year, sit out a year, whatever. But you're right you guys are being punished for something that you didn't do. You probably weren't even, a lot of you weren't even born when this was going on. I mean, it started in 1994. Tim, were you even alive in 1994? No, I was born two years before that. So, okay. (laughs) But still, I mean, it's just, that's the one thing with these NCAA sanctions, right? And it's not just Penn state. It happened with USC, right? Reggie Bush was in the NFL. Pete Carroll went to the NFL and, People that had that were at USC that had nothing to do with what went on got punished. It's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the NCAA is, is ridiculous. And, you know, they, they did the right thing going after the people they needed to go after criminally. Sure. So just let that be it. Why are you now sure. punishing kids that have nothing to do with this? You said you didn't even know who Jerry Sandusky was. I mean, right. just insane. Insane, yeah. It, it, uh, yeah, it didn't make didn't make a ton of sense to be punishing, you know, punishing the, the players. That's no, for sure. absolutely not. So now it sounds like your transfer really wasn't due to not being able to play in a bowl game. It sounds like NC State called and said, hey, you can play right away, and you, you went. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I had a number of schools, like, reach out to me, guys who, coaches who have been, like, recruiting me out of high school and, and people I had relationships with. But, um, yeah, like, when NC State, you know, I went to Penn State because like I wanted to play for Joe Paterno like that was kind of like you know like I said like that was a lifelong kind of dream of mine growing up and 
it just seemed like it, you know, obviously it didn't just seem like things had changed, like things had really changed. And yeah, when, when NC State called, you know, I just, I remember like my dad came up to, to Penn State and we just talked about it. And I, and I was essentially, you know, just we were like, this is probably, this is probably like a good move for me. Like this is probably the right move for me. And, and at the time also, you know, I have a lot of friends um, who, you know, played in the, in the ACC. So I was also mm-hmm. thinking like, you know, w- you know, when I get to NC State, like a lot of people who, who know me or my family, like they're going to be able to watch me play uh, a lot more than they would, you know, at Penn State. So there were, you know, a couple of factors that played into it. But I think the biggest one obviously was the fact that, you know, I'm from Raleigh and, and I got you know, a, an opportunity to, to come back home. Yeah, I mean, what was that like being able to play for your hometown school? Yeah, it was, again, it was, it was, it was awesome. Like, it was great. I love, I love NC State, but, you know, at the same time, like, it wasn't at, you know, it wasn't, like, I didn't, I didn't dream of playing for NC State, you know what I mean? Like, as a kid, like, I just didn't. So, it was an awesome experience. I loved, I loved playing for NC State, like, being from Raleigh. Like, it was, it was a big deal. NC State's a big deal down here, and uh, they have a great fan base, and, you know, they had, they had a good program and had a lot of awesome, talented teammates that, you know, I'm still best friends with today. So it was a really, it was a really, really good experience overall. When I came down, you know, I, I, one of the coaches who, who, who initially called me, he was, uh, he was a really good player at NC State a couple years before. And when I was a junior in high school, he was done at NC State. And he came over and coached at Cardinal Gibbons for a little bit. And then on, on top of that, we had a really, really phenomenal defensive back coach, um, Coach Reed, who he's now the defensive back coach at Clemson. And, like, our, our, our DB room was absolutely stacked with talent when I first got to NC State. So that was really, really cool. Um, yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, that coaching staff uh, was not around after my, my first year at NC State. So mm. uh, we actually had another coaching staff come in after that. So. Um, didn't get to kind of finish my career with those, with those coaches who brought me in. But um, yeah, it was an exciting time for sure. Now, was there any difficulty joining the team as a transfer or were you welcome pretty much? Uh, yeah, no, no difficulty at all. They, they definitely welcomed me with, with open arms and it, it certainly didn't hurt that I was from Raleigh and I had, you know, I had my family, you know, 25 minutes away um, but yeah, the, the, the transition was, was very, very easy. You know, and I think it's always going to be easy for, for anyone who's ever in that situation when you're, you know, you're, you're being welcomed in by a, you know, a family of, you know, a hundred guys, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's a pretty, pretty, pretty tight knit, tight knit group that, that you get to experience on a, on a, on a football team or basketball team in, in college. Yeah. That camaraderie is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Now, your first season as a redshirt freshman at NC State is 2012. You play in 11 games, so like you said, you wanted to play right away, and you did. Yeah. Um, like I said, we had a pretty stacked room of, of defensive backs, both, both safeties and, and corners. Um, people who follow, you know, followed, like, ACC at that time, or college at that time, we actually, there's a kid, um, a teammate of mine, David Amerson, and the year uh, he he was just coming off a year of having I think it was 15 interceptions, and wow. which which was like the record of like all time of an interceptions in one season. Um, so we had him at, at one corner, and then we had another cornerback who's still playing for the 40, 49ers today. His name's Dante Johnson, and then 
two safeties. Uh, we had a, a, a kid who's a good buddy of mine, Brandon Bishop, who is a four-year starter, so he's coming into his senior year. And then we have another four-year starter. Uh, his name is Earl, and he was like all, an all-ACC guy, like first-team all-ACC safety. So um, I, yeah, I played a lot, of, a lot of special teams my redshirt freshman year at NC State um, and, and got to learn from like some of the, some of the best you know, the best in my, in my conference uh, at the time. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you were learning from some great players. And the ACC yeah. is a great conference, right? I mean, you move from the Big Ten, which is awesome, but ACC, really good too. You know, Clemson's good. Florida State was great at that time. UNC is always pretty good. Virginia Tech, I mean, it's a battle. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a, one, of the, one of the top, you know, right now, one of the top, top two conferences. But yeah, it's, you know, power five. SEC, yeah, ACC, Big Ten, and uh, Pac-12, and um, so yeah, definitely a, a, a talented conference. Just just as talented as as Big Ten for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now NC State goes seven and six that year. You guys get to the Music City Bowl game, but you guys fall to Vanderbilt thirty-eight to twenty-four. Now that was against Jordan Rogers, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was against Jordan Rogers. Interesting enough, that is not the only connection to the Bachelor franchise, but more to that in a bit. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I know it didn't go the way you wanted to, obviously. You want to win, but that was the first time you played in a bowl game, so that had to be a great experience. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, it was a, uh, you know, it, it, you get to spend, um, you know, four or five days uh, at, a, at a cool, cool site with, with, with your teammates. Um, yeah, we did obviously didn't, didn't win the game. Um, yeah. Really a, a mediocre year being, being seven and six. Um, so yeah, we weren't, we weren't uh, you know, super, super thrilled about the season as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to end on a loss. Yeah. But I do, what I do like about college football is, you know, obviously they have the playoff now, but still a lot of teams can have a bowl game. So a lot of teams can theoretically end the season on a win. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Um, yeah, I guess it all depends on, you know, the bowl game that, that you're going to or the, the team that you're, you're going to be playing. I, I've had some pretty, pretty decent experiences in bowl games. I think yeah, I went through another one that we went through my, my last year in NC State was was actually the Bitcoin Bowl yeah. Uh, back in yeah back in back in 2014. I think I, I read something if they would have given the the players for, for bowl gifts because you get bowl gifts you know you get you know Xbox or, or whatever it is if they would have given the players like three hundred dollars in Bitcoin in 2014 it would have been worth like two hundred thousand dollars last oh year my God. Or, or excuse me excuse me twenty thousand dollars last year so we missed out on that but um, yeah I yeah I played in a couple you know cool cool bowl games for sure yeah for sure. Now, unfortunately, the one year you don't get to a bowl game, redshirt sophomore year in 2013, you play even more. You even you have your first start against East Carolina. That must have been a great experience. Yeah, that was that was a pretty 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 great experience. Um, yeah, we I think half halfway through the season we started playing a a nickel a nickel package, and, and what that is is um, it. It's five DBs instead of four, so you usually have your, your two corners and your two safeties. But in the nickel package, they bring in a fifth defensive back, and so I was the fifth defensive back. So um, we, we we rolled that out like halfway through the season. I ended up starting 
um, you know, the, the last five games or so of the season. No, that's awesome. Now, unfortunately, you guys go three and nine that year, which has to be frustrating, right? Because so much time goes into the football season for you guys, but you aren't seeing the results on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely a, it's a unique sport in, in, in which you only have, you know, 11, 12 games a year. Um, you look at, you know, basketball or, or you know, hockey or baseball, and these guys are playing, you know, 70, 80 plus games a year. And in football, you only have 11 or 12 opportunities. So when, when the results aren't, uh, you know, successful as, as you envision them, it's definitely, it's tough. It, it really is tough because you put in so much work, you know, in the off season. Yeah. Uh, so I always feel bad, like when a team doesn't do well, because I know how much work division one football players put in. I mean, it's basically like a job for you guys. You're just not getting paid. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty ridiculous the amount of the amount of time that they kind of expect us to to put forth in 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 practice in lifting weights in you know watching film um, it's definitely a a full time job and I think you know players student athletes should absolutely be getting compensated for the work that they're that they're putting in absolutely because they're making so much money for those universities. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, we talked about you growing up in the Triangle, and I know you didn't necessarily root for NC State or any of the other teams, but how was it playing in that Triangle rivalry? Um, you know, I think it was... So, so NC State is, on, is in the uh, Atlantic Division. There's two divisions of the ACC. NC State's on the Atlantic Division, and then uh, you have uh, UNC, which is on the Coastal Division. So... Um, obviously, UNC and NC State play every year because it's a big rivalry. And you also have Duke, who's also on the Atlantic Division. So UNC, excuse me, NC State and Duke don't play every year. Um, I would say that, like we, you know, I think NC State and I think you know, obviously the same for Carolina. They you know, envision each other as the, kind of the biggest uh, rivalry in, in, mm-hmm. in football. I, I know basketball is a different story when you talk about NC, when you talk about North Carolina and Duke. But when it comes to football. Um, yeah, the, the most heated rivalry is definitely NC State and uh, in Carolina. And we play each other every year at the end of the year. It's always the last game uh, of the year over that uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, rivalry week. Yeah, that's right. Your retro junior year, 2014, starts off a little rocky for you because you come down with mono, so you miss a few games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, it was definitely one of the, one of the tougher points in my life up to that up to that that time I had a really really good spring of, of practice and you know I'm finally like you know my right my goal like growing up was like I, I got it I want to play college football like I want to play at Penn State you know I want to play the D1 program I get there and then obviously my next goal from there is like I want to um you know I want to start and so I'm finally like getting you know getting to that level and we're in we're in a camp we're in we're in summer camp or fall camp and about five or six practices in, I start feeling like really just tired and lethargic and like, I just like was dehydrated. And, um, yeah, I, I end up coming down with, um, with mono and it was tough. It was like, it was so brutal. It was so tough. Again, like all the hard work that I had put in up to that point to come down with that and like to kind of not be able to, 
you know, come in hot in like the beginning of the season. I, you know, I didn't even play the first, the first game or two games. Um, so that was really tough. That was a really tough time. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. But when you are able to get on the field, it's a great season for you. You basically triple your playing time and you get 323 snaps at the nickelback, as you were talking about, five DBs on the team, on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I ended up having a, a, a you know, really good season. And, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it, was, it still ended up being a good season for me, you know, personally. I, I, I got to play a lot. I started a lot of games. Um, but, you know, as I said, you only have so many games in a football season. So not being able to kind of start that from, from game one was, was um, yeah, it was, it was tough. But, yeah, all in all, it, it ended up being a, a successful season for, for me. Yeah, obviously you wish you got those two games back. But, you know, NC State goes 8-5, and five, which is the best record of your time there. And you crush Wake Forest and rival UNC to end the regular season. So you guys are hot going into that Bitcoin Bowl, as you were just talking about. And you guys beat Central Florida, which has a really great team, 34-27. to 27. So I'm sure you have great memories of that win. Yeah, that was that was a good game. It was a, it was a great season. Uh, we beat we beat all the teams that that we we wanted to beat and that we expect to beat. And then yeah, capping it off at, at the Bitcoin Bowl against against UCF, who like you said is was a really good program. Still is a really good program. That was kind of like the the icing on top. Um, so yeah, we had a we had a good end of the year for sure. Yeah, and it's your first bowl win. First bowl win. That's right. That is right. I wish we would have gotten that Bitcoin though. I know, right? I mean- richer right now. I know, I know. (laughs) Now, Tim, this is interesting to me. Because you redshirted your freshman year at Penn State, you technically have a fifth year to play if you want to, but you didn't use it. Can you explain that decision? Yeah. uh, That was another really really tough tough point or tough decision I had to make. So so a couple factors, I think, played into it. I I did get... um, I ended up getting a little uh, shoulder surgery in uh, in February from um, something that happened against you know Carolina at the end of the season. Um, you know, I think the re- the the, the real re- the two big big reasons why I I didn't want to play is like I was just kind of um, just kind of tired of of, of uh, the politics a little bit. Um, you know, it really is like you hear like you talk about people mention like you know shut up and dribble or, or shut up and play and like that really is a a real thing i think up until you know the whole like black lives matter movement like this past year like college athletes um up until that point like just really don't have a, a voice you know like it's it's the coach's way or it's the highway and like there's no there's no arguing that like there's no telling anyone differently and i was just like tired of that like kind of being treated by just some some of my coaches um, just kind of poorly and like um, I was just tired of that really like not having a voice and like just like really just like the politics of it was was something I was like man do I really want to do I really want to spend the next you know eleven months like dealing with that again um, the other piece of it was you know I kind of was like I, you know I, I never really had like the college experience like I had a lot of friends who were you know, doing other things like, you know, partying or, um, you know, hanging out and like, 
really having that college experience, like I never really had that. So part of me was almost like tired of the politics, but also like this would might be fun for me to actually have like a year of like being a regular student and not having all of this like responsibility. Um, Cause you know, for four years, I mean, I was waking up every morning, like five 30 like, every morning and like just, just killing myself, just killing myself physically, mentally, like, so yeah, I, I just kind of, obviously thought about it a lot and came to the conclusion like, hey, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's time for me to, to stop playing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's grueling, right? Waking up at 5.30 every morning. Football's a very physical sport. The practices are hard. And to your point on, you know, the politics, obviously 2014, 2015, very different time. Luckily, we're seeing some progress here in 2021 mm-hmm. and – athletes especially college athletes do have more of a voice um unfortunate on twitter you know you still you're still hearing people say shut up and play shut up and dribble Mm -hmm. but you know we Mm -hmm. are making progress in that respect yeah there's definitely progress being made and it definitely i hope it continues and there definitely needs to be more more power and and more uh you know more stay from the athletes there's no question about that Hundred percent. With, with yeah, without the athletes, there is no there is no game, right? So mm-hmm. exactly. And yeah, I mean, there's a there's a whole other issue there where people say they're not going to watch because you know athletes are saying their opinions, which is ridiculous because everyone has an opinion and you're allowed to say it. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. There's, yeah. There's people who are saying yeah they're not going to watch. Yeah, that's that's crazy to me, but. Even like athletes, like just internally, like, like, you know, voicing it publicly is like one thing, like sometimes, you know, I I get, you want to keep things in house sometimes, but being able to voice your opinion internally to your coaches about how you feel about a a certain situation. um, Like that is something that without question, like that needs to be clear that that's, you know, an option for, for players, you know, most of the time it's like a coach's, it's a coach's word over everything. So it's just like, it's, it's completely not fair. And um, so, yeah. No, you're hopefully right. Things, some... Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, I'm just saying, hopefully things continue to improve for, for, those, for those athletes. So. Absolutely, yeah. And coaches are now listening more to their players, and hopefully that keeps up. Yeah, absolutely. And that is cool that you had that college experience, right? You got to be that big-time D1 athlete, and you also got to be – a normal student at NC State, which I'm sure is a very fun school, fun school to be a normal student at. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm so happy that I was an athlete and that I got to learn everything that I learned that, that comes with that. Um, but yeah, it was finally like, I just felt like a huge, a huge relief off my shoulders when I was done having that like football responsibility. Um, so yeah, all in all, it was, it was, I had a great, a great college experience and I wouldn't change it for the world. That's great. So now Tim, you graduate in, I believe 2015, is that correct? Tw- uh, 2016. Okay. So was, All right. Nice. 2016. I, I did, yeah, five, five years. I started five years, um, graduated in 2016. Super senior. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Now, what have you been up to since 2016? Yeah. Um, well, I got my first job in 2016. I, I, I moved to Austin, Texas, and I, I was working for a, uh, a software company in Austin. I lived there for about a year and a half, um, and then I, 
uh, ended up moving to uh, New York City, and uh, I'm working for a um, a fintech company, and I'm, I'm I'm doing sales for them. So I've been in New York now for uh, for three years, and wow. um, yeah, good for you. Austin's a great city. New York's a great city. You're you're getting around. Yeah, I've been to some some pretty cool some pretty cool places um, already, which has been great. Now, do you still follow NC State in sports, particularly football? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I still, I still follow them. Uh, obviously, it's different when, you know, I think there was, you know, obviously three years removed. I still had, um, yeah, I still had teammates that I played with who, who were younger guys then. But, yeah, being able to watch them was, was still fun. But, yeah, I, I still follow NC State. Uh, absolutely. Definitely more so football than, uh, than basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they're, you know, their football program continues to do well. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they've got a good program. Um, Dave Dorn is the coach, and I think he's a good coach. And uh, they had a good season this past year, so hopefully they can keep that up. Yeah, build off that. Yeah. Now, Tim, you knew it was coming. I can't let you go without talking about <laughs> this. You're friends with Matt James, who is currently The Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, Matt. Matt is a good buddy of mine. Matt's from Raleigh. Um, Matt, yeah, I've, I've known Matt since. Let's see, I, I first met Matt playing Pop, uh, Pop Warner football. I think we were probably in like fourth grade. Um, and then, you know, we went to di- we went to different high schools, but I would say we really became close friends probably around like freshman sophomore year of of high school. Like really reconnected um, as we were both you know, really good football players in the area. Um, and Matt grew up like, you know, eight minutes from, from my, my parents' house. Very cool. And you guys were rivals in college, right? You're playing at NC State. He was playing at Wake Forest. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Schools were rivals. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider us rivals. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt is, you know, crazy. Matt, Matt experienced like a, a, a couple of different injuries in college where we were not able to play against each other. Um, but his senior year at Wake Forest and my, you know, last year playing at NC State was the first time we got to play each other on the field. And it was like, it just seemed like something we had both been waiting for forever. And it was, it was so much fun to, uh, to be going up against each other. Matt played wide receiver and, you know, I played safety. So, you know, we were out there going at it with each other, which was just a really cool, really cool and fun experience. That's awesome. Did you tackle him? Uh, I don't know if I tackled him, but, I don't know if he had a. He certainly didn't have a catch on me. Uh, nice. <laughs> but 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 I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if I tackled him. Um, we definitely did a, did a little jawing at each other though. It was it was all fun though. <laughs> I love it. So now, are you watching his season? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm definitely tuned in. It's uh, it's it's funny. It's great to see him on on TV. You know, it's someone that you know so well, and a show that. You know, I, I didn't watch The Bachelor before Matt. Obviously, I've heard of The Bachelor and I've seen it on TV. But like every Monday, every Monday night, like I'm tuned in. You know, so it's, yeah. it's cool. It's really cool. <laughs> I have been an avid Bachelor fan for a while now, and I really love Matt. And it's interesting, right? Because he wasn't on a season. Usually, they will pick the Bachelor from the previous season of The Bachelorette, but they just picked him, and it's awesome. He's the first black lead which in my opinion should have happened years ago but you know at least we're finally here and he's great he seems like a really nice guy 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awesome to see him on the show. I know it's not, I guess it's not the uh, traditional route that these, these bachelors or bachelorettes take, but um, yeah, he's a, he is a really good guy. And from what I've seen on the show, he, you know, he, he's genuine, you know, he's just, he's just being himself. He's a genuine person and, and he means well. Um, curious though, to, to kind of hear your thoughts on the season so far, like how, how does it compare to other seasons? What do you think? Sure. I mean, it's different in the fact that they can't do any traveling. Everything is at this Nemecolin resort, which looks amazing. I think it's like outside Pittsburgh or something. Yeah. So that's a little bit different. But the girls are crazy, like they're always crazy. But this yeah. year they're a little bit meaner than normal. Yeah. How mad yeah. will you be if Matt ends up with Victoria? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that would not be good. But it, I, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be happy. But if it makes Matt happy, I could, I could deal with it. Well, I can tell you this, and you probably know this. Matt <laughs> probably doesn't like Victoria, but because Victoria is so a part of the show and entertaining, the producers are telling him to give her a rose. Yeah, well, I can tell you that Matt doesn't end up with Victoria. Um, yes. But you're 100% <laughs> right about that. I mean... Obviously, this show airs on ABC, so a lot of it is driven by, you know, the producers wanting to produce good content, and yeah, she is, uh, she brings, she brings the drama for sure, so um, I, you know, I'd imagine that they, they want to keep her on for that reason, for, for sure. And I can't imagine Matt likes her outfits, aside from her personality <laughs> being totally trash, like her outfits are just interesting <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny you said that uh yeah i did notice the outfit being a bit, a bit strange i think last <laughs> week she had like a she had like a something on and like she had this like black bra just sticking out it was just a very strange look that i hadn't seen before oh <laughs> uh, yeah she is an interesting one for sure but there are a lot of other great girls on the show you know there's a few mean ones but a, a lot of good ones my favorite is katie and if matt doesn't end up with her i need her to be the bachelorette all right which one is which one is katie because I, I i you know i'm still not the vibrator girl oh okay 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 she yeah you're right she is very she is very sweet isn't she she's like She's always jumping in, like helping people out and standing up for people when they're not there. Yeah, she's a, mm -hmm. she's a really nice girl, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And she doesn't take Victoria's bullshit. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I like her. I like her. Yeah, when Victoria was like, I need you to apologize for basically telling me to stop being a jerk. And she's like, no, you're not going to get an apology. Loved it. Yeah, 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 good for her. She's, yeah. She just seemed like, she seems like a good person. Yeah, not sure I necessarily see the connection between her and Matt, which is why I'm rooting for her to be Bachelorette, but seems like Matt's got a great connection with Brie, Michelle, so we'll see. I like Chelsea. There's a lot of good girls on that show. Yeah, see, I'm still not, I still don't, I still don't know them all by their names, but Brie, yes, I think that was one of the girls that he went on the first date with. I believe you're he right, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Her, um... Uh, which one's Chelsea? Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be asking you all day. If it's, the model the with are. the shaved head. Okay, yeah, yeah. She, she seems nice. Who's the other girl you said? Michelle. She was one of the new girls, and he went on the one-on-one -on -one yes, with her this past yes. week. Yes, that, that, that seemed like a really good date, didn't it? It did. She yeah, seemed very normal. 
Yeah, the hot air balloon. They said, I think they said something about her maybe being like a former athlete. Did I, did I hear that? I think you're right. I think she played college basketball at Bradley. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah so. seemed, they seemed like they had a they had a, a nice little connection there. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Tim, I'm not gonna, you know, ask you to spoil the season. Obviously, <laughs> I know you can't do that. But just tell me, do you know how it ends? Um. Do I know how it ends? Do I know who wins? Yeah, do you know how the ending goes? Uh, I, I think so. I think I know, I think I know how it ends. Ooh. I don't, oh, know, I, don't, I, I don't know how it ends via, you know, via, via the, the show or like the Oh, the how it all episode. goes down, but who he picks, yeah, if he picks anyone. Yeah, yeah I, might, I might have an idea for who he picks, Ooh. but... I, I would be doing I would be doing you a disservice if you're if you're a true fan I would be doing you a disservice if you knew that don't you think Yes and I know you can't tell me anyway that would be a major violation that would be very bad yeah. but I do want to know darn it <laughs> Yeah Yeah All right uh, well <laughs> It's going to get better. I can't wait. Well, we usually get hometowns. We won't with COVID, but I believe the families will come to Nemecolin. And then I'm sure Matt's family will make an appearance uh, at around the time he's between, I think, the final two. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be interesting with, um, with families coming up. And, yeah, I, I do think Matt, Matt's family does, does go up there. And I think uh, he, he, definitely, he, he told me a little bit about the experience. And I think it will definitely be uh, really interesting for, for fans to see. So that'll be – I don't know when that happens, but that'll be exciting to watch for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think we're it's probably still – at the time of recording this, it's six weeks away probably. Yeah, I guess they, they, they do want – how long is the show? How long do they have the show for? Uh, I believe it's like oh, 10 to 12 episodes. Okay. Like, yeah. I think in a normal situation, so they started in January, and then The Bachelorette usually starts in May, and there's a few months in between, maybe March. So, yeah, that kind of lines up. We're in January, and yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like every time there's a, there's a rose ceremony, he's got like 100 roses. Like, I know. Well, there's more keep entering. Yeah, yeah. Heather's yeah. coming at some point. Wow. Yeah. Now, Tim, do yeah. you know Hannah Brown and or Tyler Cameron? Yeah, I, do, I don't know Hannah Brown, but I do know Tyler. Um, I know Tyler from, uh, he played at Wake Forest, so I know him from, from Wake Forest a little bit. And then uh, he's, a, he's a Jupiter guy. He lives down in Jupiter. So um, my family actually uh, spent some time in Jupiter. We have a place down there. Hmm. Um, so when, when we were a bit younger, I think right after college, uh, me and Matt were down in Jupiter and hanging out with Tyler. So, yeah, I, I know Tyler a, a little bit. I wouldn't say we're, we're, we're good friends or anything, but um, certainly know him. Gotcha. Well, Tim, you're kind of a part of Bachelor Nation. I don't know how familiar <laughs> you are with it, but they're crazy. They know everything. They're nuts. Yeah, it seems crazy. It, it seems crazy. I, I, I wouldn't consider myself a part of Bachelor Nation, but I am, I am very good friends with Matt. He's a, he's a really really good friend of mine and a really, really good person. And I'm happy to, to see him on the show. I'm happy to hear people talk good about him and, and that they enjoy watching him. That's really, it's really nice. It really is. Yeah, I know. He's great. He's doing a great job. Here's yeah. a question for you, Tim. Bachelorette rolls around in May. What do you think? Would you ever go <laughs> on it? Uh, I, I would you know, never say never, but 
I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Can I nominate you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can nominate me if you want. All right. You know, you know Tyler, you know Matt. You got a good <laughs> chance to get on. Former football be... player, they love the football players. Yeah, they love the football players, don't they? They do. I'm yeah, telling you. You could get on it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, It'd be entertaining. It. I'd be entertaining, I think. Absolutely. That's all you need to do. Just yeah. go on, be entertaining. You don't need to find love. Be entertaining. Then you get a free trip to Paradise, which is the best show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I have to stop right. working, though. Well, for a few weeks. Yeah, that's true. That's you could go back. That's true. Or you could just become a social media influencer, which a lot of them do. And right? Sit. Yeah, yeah. All right, you got some things to think about, Tim. Yeah, I do. I do. Tim, I've loved our conversation. I know I put you on the spot a bit with the Bachelor stuff, but I apologize for that. <laughs> but I like to end the podcast with a couple of fun questions. How does that sound? That sounds good. All right. Aside from The Bachelor, what TV show are you currently binge watching? Mm. Um, I just watched... Um... Uh, what's that show on HBO with uh, The Undoing? I just watched The Undoing. Okay, that was a good one. I thought that was really good. It's like six episodes, so it's an easy watch. Um, I've been watching, catching up on some old uh, Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Nice. Um, and other than that, you know, honestly, I'm not a big binge watcher, unfortunately. Okay, that's good. That means you have a life. Well, I haven't found a, a, a good enough or good enough shows to, to binge watch. I definitely need some, some recommendations or suggestions. Okay, I'm trying to think what I've watched recently. Search Party on HBO Max is funny. I haven't heard of that. Guy. Search Party, okay. What else? What else have I been watching? Hmm. The Wilds on Amazon Prime. That's really okay. good. I've heard Queen's Gambit is awesome. I just haven't watched it yet. That's a Netflix yeah. show. Yeah, I've heard good things about that. Yeah, Maybe Queen's Gambit three, will be right? the next. Yeah, Queen's Gambit might be the next one. You're, you're probably the fifth person I've heard, I've heard say, something, say something good about that show. Yeah, it's going to be my next watch as well. Okay, cool. We can let, let each other know what we think. Absolutely. All right, next question. What professional sports teams do you root for? Because I'm really interested, right? You were born in Seattle. Your dad was in Philly. You were raised in North Carolina. So what teams do you like? So I don't have a team. Um, I, like watching, I like watching certain players, and I like watching like good, you know, good matchups. But I never had a team growing up. Like There wasn't one team. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a crazy fan about them. Um, Definitely, you know, there's, there's definitely players who, who I like to watch, and whenever they're playing, you know, I'll, be, I'll be rooting for them. But, yeah, I don't, I don't have a team. I never really had a professional sports team. Um, in the NBA, though, I am a big LeBron James fan. My mom oh, grew up it? in Akron. Yeah, my mom grew up in Akron, um, and so I remember when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, I was, like, eight years old. Um, I've been a huge LeBron James fan ever since. So currently a Lakers fan. Yeah, that would be my <laughs> <Nice>. NBA team. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's going to be so interesting to see 
how quickly his son can get to the NBA if he's good enough. And if LeBron is still playing, like how that ends up, that would be so cool to see. Yeah, that would be so cool to see. I mean, I think what, like five more years pop, if the rules stay how they are, five years, if, if they can do a one and done, then four years. And I personally think LeBron James has at least six years of basketball left in him, of, of decent basketball left in him. Yeah, you're right. And he'll probably wait it out for his son to get in the league, too, just because it'll be yeah, so cool. Exactly, yeah. I like your stance, though, not having a team. You can never get your heart broken. Never get your heart broken. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Tim, last question. After COVID is over, everyone gets vaccinated, where's the first place you're traveling to? Ooh, um, uh, let's say... Probably somewhere in in Europe. Uh, maybe maybe I want to get back. I want to go to London. I haven't been to London since I've been like a grown up. I went when I was a kid. Um, I'd also like to go to maybe Paris. So those would be the two. Okay, those are nice trips. What about you? Oh, that's a good question. I mean. The first thing I have to do is I have a brother that's out in Illinois, so I have to go there, see my nephews. You know, it's been a year since I've seen them. Luckily, with FaceTime, you know, I do get to talk to them a lot. But, um, yeah, outside that... Outside the U.S.? Outside the U.S., Ireland. Me and a couple Ireland. of my friends have always been talking about going on a trip there. That would be fun. I have never been, but I've heard it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, I've never been either, but I am Irish. You know, need to go see my... My home. <laughs> do you do you play any, any? Do you play golf or do you play any sports? No, I mean I did. I played sports growing up. I you know didn't play in college. Too short to play basketball. Uh, don't golf. Terrible mini golfer. <laughs> yeah, so I guess no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I got it. Well, then you won't be playing golf in Ireland. I hear they have really nice courses. Hey, I mean, if my friends want to, I'll do it. My score will suck, but it'll be fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, all that green. Yeah, I'm sure the courses are amazing. Yeah, yeah, I've heard they are. Nice. Well, Tim, I have loved our conversation. You know, hearing all about your career in football, I really appreciate you opening up about that time at Penn State. Obviously, the highlights at North Carolina State and your friend Matt James, The Bachelor. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. It was really nice chatting with you and, uh, We'll do it again sometime. Yeah. When you're on The Bachelorette, I'll have you That's on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Tim Buckley. Hope you enjoyed it. Really great to hear about his football career. You know, the hard times at Penn State, followed by his great career at North Carolina State. Really glad that he was open to talking some Bachelor, too. We had recorded this episode a couple weeks ago, and since then, Victoria has been eliminated from the show. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.